0: From the Gospel of John, verses 15, 1 to 12. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the Word, that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can't do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you." From the first letter of John, verses 4, 7-16. to 16, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loves us so much, we also hope to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides
1: in them. So our lectionary readings, taking us gently through the major themes of the first letter of John, today bring us to this chapter, to chapter 4. And the chapter is paired with the words in the gospel of john that come from the beginning of chapter 15 about the true vine and it forms part of what is known as the farewell discourse that chapter 15. the words that the writer records as jesus long very long farewell sermon before his crucifixion which with the exception of the crucifixion makes them highly suitable for today over this weekend we have been reflecting on our life together how we have been so yesterday we had the exhibition uh, some of which is still up downstairs showing the history of the church and we we showed photographs and I hope that some of you who were around last night would have time to look and go oh yes I remember that and remember some of our story we brought together people who formed part of the history of the church yesterday and there was the lovely farewell reception in the evening for us And at this service, the focus, or after this service, the focus will be on who we're going to be. Lunch is changing. And the change starts today. There's a beginning of a new way of doing things, and next week it will be different. And after the service, in here, there will be time to pray for the future of the church as we look ahead. And here and now, as we prepare to welcome new members and to gather at the Lord's table, our attention is directed to who we are. And in one way, it is a timeless identity of the people of God. In another way, of course, it's not timeless at all. Because the people of God are always incarnating that life in a particular time and place, in a particular context, in a particular set of bodies. Who we have been shapes who we are, who we will be, shapes who we are. And always and in it all, We are the people of God, the beloved ones, who are always in new ways discovering what that means and how to live it. And that's what Jesus is presenting as telling his disciples here, just as before in their experience, he leaves them. Of course, by the time the passage is written and read, by the time this text takes its place, in the life-shaping narrative that is the gift of scripture for the people of God, those who are hearing and reading it have discovered that although he leaves them in his crucifixion, yet he is with them more deeply, more really than they have ever known before. And life has taken on that dimension that we class under the term resurrection, that we then try to make sense of. But here, in the progress of the story, as it were, he is preparing them for who they are and haven't yet realized. And who they are is the branches of the vine in whom, through whom, with whom, fruit is produced. That's what it means to be the people of God. In its timeless nature, that is fundamentally who the community of faith is. In its incarnational nature, it's the embodied nature of the people who make up a congregation, of fellowship at any one given time. And it'll take different shapes and it'll have different points of attention, but it will always be expressive of the same identity. Those who abide in him. Abide is one of those words that keeps turning up in John's Gospel. It's there right at the beginning when Jesus is baptized and John says, Uh, that the writer John says that John the Baptist testified I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it remained it's the same word it remained on him I myself did not know him the Baptist goes on but he the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit when people start to follow Jesus the writer uses the word again when Jesus turned and saw them following he said what are you looking for they said to him rabbi which means teacher where are you staying and he said come and see and they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day I'm not going to do a full word study you'll be pleased to know we're not going to go through the whole gospel but it's there all the way through A few more that point up the, the theme where Jesus is speaking to those who are trying to understand what he's about this. He says, do not work for the food that perishes, but for food that remains, that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And he says to those who have believed him, if you remain in my word, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Do you believe I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I don't speak on my own, but the Father who is, who remains in me does his work. This is the spirit of the truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he abides, dwells, remains with you and will be in you. And one of the things that's going on through all that this term is used to emphasize is that the relation it is about the relationship between Jesus and the Father and between Jesus and his followers, and they they flow together, they are the same thing. And then we come to the passage that Tommaso has read for us, in which it turns up several times more clearly than it shows. It's the same word in Greek and translated in different words in English. But it has this same connotation. It's all about closeness of relationship between Jesus and those who follow him between Jesus and the father whom he preaches and therefore the relationship between God and those who follow Jesus it all building together and by exploring through the metaphor of the vine we are left in no doubt this is not a relationship of equals I am the vine says Jesus you are the branches it is a relationship of dependence The fruit that is at the heart of this image is energy. I am that you are the branches and through you fruit grows. That's not something the branches do in order to please the vine. It's not even something the branches do in order to please themselves, or to be satisfied or fulfilled or successful. It's what the vine does through the branches. And we all know it. We all know that what we do in service, in love, in living the kingdom, into being, is the fruit that we produce, and is the, God, the work of God in and through us, and that the privilege and the joy comes from being called to take part in what God is doing in the world. We all know it, and yet all too often we go out at it the other way. Aim for the fruit and the abiding, the relationship will come, seems to be our intention. How do we know we're abiding in God? How do we make it happen? We do stuff. Stuff that really matters, stuff that lives the kingdom, stuff that changes the world. And through that, we hope to deepen and develop a relationship with God and with each other. Because working together is one of the ways we get to know one another. Being involved together in a cause is one of the means by which relationships develop and deepen. And it's true. And we can do it in all sorts of ways. We do it when we focus on getting people involved in church by getting them to do things. Join a rota, take a responsibility. How do we know, those of us who've been here a long time, that somebody who is new is really with us? We get them to do things. And so we get to know them and we trust that they are part of us. If you want to know who we are as a church, you do that through getting involved in what we do. Let me come clean. I grew up in a church where the standing joke was, come once, you're a visitor, come twice, you get a job. And there's something to be said for getting involved in things, whatever it is, making tea, running, the night shelter, organizing the sound system. It's a great way of getting to know that you're doing something that matters. It's a great way of getting to know other people, but it's not what Jesus is talking about. It's not the order he has for things. Jesus' emphasis is on the relationship, on the abiding. And that then leads to the fruit. Knowing that we belong may then provide a space and a place for understanding what we might do or even finding we're doing it without actually needing to pay too much attention to it because it will arise naturally from our being and our identity and our presence. Fruit comes from abiding, not the other way round. And if we are one cluster of branches on this vine, one set of twigs and shoots that is one small part of the whole plethora of branches, Then as we think about who we are this morning, we might want to think about how do people know they are in this set of branches? Is it through producing fruit that demonstrates they can join in? Or is it through being in relationship? And then the fruit emerges from that, gently and naturally and in its own time. And if that's true of our growing engagement as a community, it's because it reflects the truth of who we are and for, and with God. We abide in the vine as the branches, the fruit takes care of itself, or rather God takes care of the fruit. Our first attention is to abide, and then to notice what fruit grows, and give thanks for it. It's not just about how we, are, how we as a church include and grow, it is how we as a church, and each individual as part of it, become who God is calling us to be. As we listen to these words of Jesus, this is the direction in which he drives things. And so it matters. Producing fruit may be the point of the discussion, but it's not where we have choice and agency. It's not even where we have responsibility. Throughout his ministry, Jesus calls people and instructs the crowds and speaks of the kingdom. But he doesn't call people to do stuff. He doesn't instruct the crowds to get out there and change the world. He doesn't even tell them to create the kingdom. He tells them it is coming. It is among them. They are it. And to follow him, to trust in God's love and to love people. And the instruction, the command, the invitation, call it what you will, all the way through is expressed in God, in John's gospel as abide. The fruit will come, the world will be changed, the stuff will be done when we abide. And it's not singular. It's not you individual, abide in me. It's you the branches, it's, it's, it's plural in the Greek, it's always plural, you. You community are to abide, to remain in Jesus. And how, well the answer is that word which, the other word which dominates both the gospel and the letters, love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is my command, love one another. And reiterated again in the letter, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Here's the heart of it. Here is what is presented over and over in the Gospels in different ways. Here is explicitly what the writer presents Jesus as saying when he leaves them. Here's what the letter writer wants to say over and over again because in the end it is all there is to say and if i have to say anything as i leave here here it is love because love is from god and to love is to know god and it starts from this not that we love and so god loves us or we love and so we learn who god is or we believed and so we can love But it is, we are held in, we are encompassed by, we are rooted deep into, created out of, and called to experience a love that is the center and the meaning and the sustaining of the universe, the most absolute truth of all, that God loves us. And this is who God is. Love as I have loved you, says Jesus, as he is on his way to the cross. This is love. That God in his son came to be that which would make the relationship possible. That's the point of atoning sacrifice. There is nothing God will not do to love. There is nowhere God will not go to love. There is no end to the love that God is for us. For this is how God chooses to be towards us. If throughout my almost 12 years here, you have heard me say nothing but God loves you utterly and absolutely and without shadow, then I've done all I exist for. And this isn't fluffy. There's warning in the passage. Those who do not abide are cut off and wither. Even more, they'll be gathered up and burned. Sounds scary. Sounds as if God is watching to see where and when we don't produce fruit and is just waiting to pounce and throw us into some kind of eternal fire. How can that be when God is love? When God loves us enough to die to make the relationship possible. When to follow Jesus is to love enough to lay down our lives. What sort of contradiction would be here? It's utterly incoherent to argue that God loves us utterly but holds in reserve the right to destroy us if we're not good enough. It's the opposite. To follow Jesus, to know ourselves made by and held by the one who is utter love is to love. And not to abide in this, to seek to live from some other root, some other context, is to lose contact with the source of such love. And so to lose the capacity to receive and to offer it. And to end up in the place where, rather than loving one another, loving others to the place of laying down our lives, we end up in a place where others' lives are laid down, are sacrificed to support us and keep us alive. Not to abide in love and let it live through us, is to take the path That leads to the burning bombs, to the firestorms of hate on social media when people attack one another, Christians among them. The burning up of our earth, as climate chaos that currently threatens becomes a lived reality. Not to abide in love, is to experience burning not as a result of punishment from God, but as the as the fruit of not being rooted. In love or being rooted in something else. The burning is not the result of not producing fruit by our own efforts and so bribing God into letting us stay. It's the consequence of choosing to ignore the truth that we and all that is is loved and therefore to love all and all that is. We can see the burning. It's there in the bombs. It's there in the warming of the seas. It's real but it's not what God is doing to us to make us good. That is a lie. Here is the truth. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins on the cross, not to placate wrath, but to uncover what happens when love is denied and to refuse the power of hate, Jesus died. And in resurrection, love and life triumph because in the end, love is the possibility and the answer and the life. It's how the fruit grows and the fruit is love. Any fruit that isn't love is not the fruit of the true vine. Any fruit that's about building ourselves up at the expense of others or that's dependent on another's hurt or denigration or attempts to control another or diminishes them or tries to make them like me or any of the other ways we don't love, that is not fruit. That's not who we will be as a church if we are abiding. But if we abide, if we live who we truly are, then fruit will flourish and the kingdom will be glimpsed and resurrection will make sense and we'll know what to do and we'll know how to do it. There's a joke among preachers that we all of us have a signature sermon And for some of us, not only do we have a signature sermon, we actually only have one sermon, and we dress it up in different words for different passages. (laughs) Ten thousand thousand are her texts, but all her sermons (laughs) one? Well, it's true. And I probably only do have one sermon, and it's this. God loves you. Get over it. And live as if it's true. The letter of John puts it much better. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. That is who you are as a church. That is who you are called to be. May the grace of God incarnate this truth in and through you now and for the years to come. Amen. I'm going to ask Kathleen and Saeed to affirm their faith and make their promises. And then there will be words come up on the screen for the congregation also to make. Their promises. But it's good to have you with us. Thank you. Kathleen, inside, do you affirm God as your Father, commit to following Jesus as your Master, and promise to trust the Spirit of God for inspiration and strength? We, we do. do. Do you believe that God has led you to share in the worship, life, and witness of this local congregation? We, we do. And And we thank God for for the the gift of of fellowship. Will you share with us the gifts God has given you, that together we may serve God in our local community and in the wider world?
2: We will, and all we have is given by God.
1: And to the congregation, well, technically to the members of Bloomsbury, but actually I'm asking everybody on behalf of the whole church uh, to affirm the promises that we will make. Do you welcome these friends into the fellowship of this worshipping community? We do. We joy of our God has given us the gift of these friends, and through them has given us gifts for the ministry and the life and witness of this congregation. Will you support them in Christian service and in the responsibilities of church membership? We will.
0: Thanks be
1: to God. Will you pray for them? And encourage them through hospitality, friendship and prayer. Will well, those of you who can, please stand while I welcome you into membership if you'd like to put the microphone down, and I will do this very gently because what we will now do, Baptist ritual of the right hand of fellowship, welcome. We're glad to have you with us. Kathleen, I will do this very gently. Yeah. <laughs> the Left Hand of Fellowship. Welcome. We're glad to have you with us. Let's pray. God of the church, we thank you that you draw us together from such a wide variety of backgrounds and experiences and journeys. And thank you that you draw us into one body, united through the love of your presence, your Son, We pray that as we make promises together, so you will work amongst us, drawing us into ever closer fellowship, that we may serve you and glorify you, be your people for this time and this place, to be a blessing to those around, to be the coming of your kingdom. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please welcome them with a round of applause. Please take a seat. (laughs) And for this, our last communion service together, we are doing communion together. Jesus says, listen, I am standing at the door knocking.
2: If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me.
1: Come to this table, not because you must, but because you may.
2: Not because you're strong, but because you are weak.
1: Come not because any goodness of your own gives you a right to come,
2: but because you need mercy and help.
1: Come because you love the Lord a little and would like to love him more.
2: Come because he loved you and gave himself for you.
1: Come and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body.
2: On the night on which Jesus was betrayed, he sat at supper with his disciples. While they were eating, he took a piece of bread said a blessing and broke it and gave it to them with the words
1: this is my body it is for you do this to remember me
2: later he took a cup of wine saying
1: this cup is god's new covenant sealed with my blood drink from it all of you to remember me
2: so now following jesus example and command we take this bread and this wine the ordinary things of the world, which Christ will make special.:
1: And as he said, a prayer before sharing, so we do too.
2: Let us pray. Living, loving Lord Jesus. We thank you that you abide with us. We thank you that you are present this moment by your spirit. We thank you that you are present this moment in bread and wine. We thank you that you are present this moment in one another. We thank you that by your Spirit we are your body. Help us. Help us to discern your presence in bread and wine. Help us to discern your presence in one another. May we discover that as we are broken, so we are loved. We thank you for your body, broken for our forgiveness and made whole for our renewing. We thank you for your blood poured out as new wine for the coming kingdom, which invites us to discover our common humanity and which calls us to sacrifice and perseverance. So, living, loving Lord Jesus, abide with us as we learn to abide in you and love us as we learn to love you. Amen.
1: We are the body of Christ.
2: And we come today to break bread and to pour out wine in memory of him.
1: The body of Christ is broken for us.
2: I am broken.
1: I am broken.
2: We are all broken.
1: We have broken the body of Christ.
2: The blood of Christ is poured out for our transgressions.
1: I am sinful.
2: I am sinful.
1: We are all full of sin.
2: And it is only by his wounds that we are healed.
1: The body of Christ is raised for our forgiveness.
2: We are broken and sinful.
1: And yet we are healed.
2: I am forgiven.
1: I am forgiven.
2: We are all forgiven. The body of Christ eternally bears the marks of crucifixion.
1: And we return to this table to repeat the story of brokenness and healing of sin and forgiveness.
2: Because we still sin and we are still broken.
1: Christ is risen.
2: He is risen indeed.
1: So let us eat bread, drink wine,
2: and take deep within ourselves the reality of the cross.
1: That we might find healing, forgiveness, and resurrection.
2: As we break bread and drink wine together, all are invited to share with us in this food that comes as a gift from God. If, however, you would rather not take communion this morning, please just let the elements pass you
1: by. Our practice here is to eat the bread as as soon as it has been served to us, but to retain the cup of wine until all have been served, so we will all drink together.
2: So take this bread, which is broken, take it in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your heart by faith with thanksgiving. Jesus took the cup of wine and said, this is the new relationship with God, made possible because of my death. Take this, all of you, to remember me.
1: For gift and for giver, for hope and for promise, for all the memories brought together here, for all the glimpses of the future offered to us, for all of this, We bring our thanks, praying that the life that is in Christ may also be in us. We bring our prayers for our world. We pray for all those other parts of the vine where people share bread and wine and hope and faith in so many different places and circumstances using so many different traditions and yet we are all together for we are all your people. Longing to live your life. We pray this morning for those who are worshipping in areas of violence and fear. We pray for believers in Syria. Trying to maintain a witness. We pray for believers in Palestine and Israel. Trying to maintain fellowship. We pray for those who feel discouraged and afraid. We pray for those who are confused. We pray for those whose way of worship and being, whose practice in the world we disagree with so strongly and yet know we are united in you. We pray for your church, (coughs) that we may truly produce the fruit that will nourish the world. We pray for members of this community all over the place. For those who are in different parts of the world today because of work or holiday. For those who have moved and no longer are able to be with us regularly, but are still part of our fellowship. For those who cannot come out, who are restricted through body or through mind. but who, when we share bread and wine, know that we still belong together because we belong to you. We pray for the folks we worry about, the people we love, whose lives cause us concern because of choices they've made or because of circumstances they have to live through or because it's our job to worry about them. We pray for those whom we will never know but whose stories touch us. As we listen to the news and read the papers and just know what's going on in the world. We pray for people whose lives are unimaginable to us. For those who live through the far storms, storms of the bombings. For those whose whole hope for the future is disrupted by the climate chaos, who don't know when the rains are coming, who don't know what to plant, who have lost what they had, who have left home. For those for whom home has never been a safe place because of violence or abuse. For those who, long into adulthood, bear the scars of things done to them as tiny children. For those on the streets around us, whose stories we will never fully know. For those who clearly are in need of support that sometimes we can give and sometimes we cannot. And for those who hide even that need. And so we just don't see them. Lord, in your mercy, in your love, we pray for our world. and We pray for ourselves. As your people of this time, in this place, deepen our roots in you that the fruit that we produce will truly be that which nourishes your kingdom and blesses the people we are among. That we may live for your glory and for the transformation of your world. And we pray this not in the strength of our faith and not in the confidence of our actions, but daring to trust that you are greater than we can imagine. And you work and live in us. Amen. And now, according to the riches of his glory, may he grant that you are strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, as you are rooted and grounded in love. May you have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ, though it surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And to Him, who by the power at work within us is able to do far more than all we can ask or imagine, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, now and forever. Amen.